Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. This series, uh, this is week three in a series called Pre-Decide, and uh, we've been having fun in this series, and uh, today what we're going to do is talk about one of the most important spiritual qualities that I believe has the greatest potential to not only impact uh, the trajectory of your entire life, that, that if this is a quality that you ascribe to your life, it'll change everything for you. Now, this quality is the key to your spiritual strength. I think it's also the key to your ministry impact. It could be the key to your physical health, your relational health, like the, the intimacy level of those relationships. Uh, I think it could, could expand your financial potential. I also think that it will help you in accomplishing your goals. You guys want to know what it is, what this quality is? Only a couple of you. Awesome. Well, before I tell you what it is, thanks. I appreciate it. Before I tell you what it is, let me tell you what it's not. Uh, this quality is not based on your appearance. Thank God for, for that for me. Uh, it is not based on your background. It is not based on your education. Uh, that's good news. But this quality that has the potential to impact your entire life trajectory is your consistency. Everybody say consistency. It's your consistency. Your consistency can impact more than you can imagine. And some of you are like, I'm in trouble. Because the most consistent thing about me is my inconsistency. <laughs> right? Some of you can totally relate. You're like, I, I intend to eat certain things, and then I don't. I inconsistently eat, right? I, I'm not great at that. Or I want to read my Bible consistently, and I'm very inconsistent about that. I want to exercise, and I'm inconsistent about that. I'm inconsistent about being on time everywhere I go, though I would long to be on time. I'm inconsistent. So you, like me, and like so many people, have good intentions. We would like to see ourselves be consistent, and yet we struggle. We struggle to follow through. We struggle to be consistent. I struggle uh, with being consistent in, in weight loss, because I'll lose weight, and then I find it again. So this, this, people, this person over here loses weight, and I find their weight for them. I'm like, I got it. It's cool. I, I'm, I'm inconsistent. I make reading goals. Every year I want to read a certain number of books, and, and, and this year I've read less than my annual goal so far, like half, less than half, actually. Uh, I, I, take, I want to take an opportunity to, to pray with people, like, you know, when they're standing in front of me, and, I, and they, they're sharing their hearts, and I want to take an opportunity. I want to be consistent. I want to be known as a guy who takes every opportunity to pray with somebody, and sometimes I miss those marks. Sometimes I, I, just, I just let people walk away, and I don't pray for them. I'm like, there they go. Missed that one. I want to be consistent that way. I want to, I want to, when my kids were younger, I wanted to be consistent with them by praying with them before they went into school. God knows we're sending our kids into the fire literally every day, and, and I wanted to be consistent about that. And I, and I would be for a while, and, and then... I'd stop, and then I'd go, man, I really need to pray with my kids, and I would pray with them again, and we'd hit for a couple weeks, and then stop, and th that cycle just goes over and over again. Can anybody relate to this at all, yeah. right? There's just stuff you want to do. I've got, and, and the thing is, is like, I've got lots of excuses, too. I've got lots of good reasons why I stopped doing those things or that I missed the mark, reasons why, you know, that, that I'm like a Katy Perry song. I'm hot, then I'm cold. I'm yes, then I'm no. I'm in, then I'm out. I'm wrong, and I'm right. I'm black, and it's white. It's Nobody knows this song. That's cool. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got you. I got you. 
figured that's what was going on out here. But I've got a lot of good excuses and reasons why I'm all over the place. Why I'm consistent for a little bit, and then I, I'm inconsistent, you know? When it comes to dieting, I, I love tacos and Chipotle. What do you want me to do? I, I, I don't know how to argue with that. Um, when it comes to, to, to this year and my reading goal, like I spent the first half of the year trying to get out of a brain fog because grief is a vicious animal. And my dad passed away in December of last year. And reading, I was just like reading like scrambled words on a page. I couldn't do it. That's a great excuse why I didn't make my goal, right? We've got good reasons or... Or sometimes the reason why I forget to pray with somebody is because I've mismanaged my time or my energy or my pain level and my back. And, and I'm kind of somewhere else in the middle of that conversation and can't just, I, I can't wait to get to a couch or to a seat. And that's all I can think about. Or with my kids, you know, there's three of them and only one of me. And school days are hectic sometimes. I've got good reasons. Prayer is the last thing on my mind. And... If you're like me and you find yourself wanting to develop consistent spiritual disciplines, if you're like me and you want to change some area of your life, the key to that is adopting a quality of consistency. Consistency. Fortunately for most of us, we, we miss that. We lack consistency in our lives. But the great comfort is this, and I, I don't know about you, but I find comfort in looking in the Bible and finding characters in the Bible who struggle with the same thing I struggle with, right? Because I'm not alone. You know, I, I really like that. And Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, gave us most of our doctrine, like what, what we follow, what we believe. Paul, he struggled with being inconsistent. In fact, he wrote in Romans 7 this. He said, verse 15, and, and, and tell me if this is you, I don't really understand myself. I'm slated to eat salad, but somehow Oreos and tacos got to me instead. I don't really understand myself. I laid out my gym clothes. I texted my accountability buddy. I'm supposed to be there. I did everything they said to do. I made a plan. I went to bed early enough. I'm not tired. And yet, I didn't go to the gym this morning, and I ate sausage biscuit for breakfast, right? Like, and some gravy, some eggs. Scrambled with cheese, some hash browns, some hot sauce and some pepper. Lord, we thank you for this day. We're going to go to breakfast now. <laughs> Woo, buddy, I was close. I was that close. Man. So I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, for I want to do what is right but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Doesn't it feel overwhelming like that sometimes? I, I just can't. I just can't. I said, I want to do what is good, but I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but that's the thing I wind up doing anyway. My goodness. This is every single one of us in the room. And here's the thing. If you know consistency matters, but you find yourself here today inconsistent. If you're tired of having good intentions but falling short again and again, well, today's message is for you. Today we're going to talk about the power of consistency. The power of consistency. So here we are. We're in this series, and let me tell you what the pre-decide is all about. 
the predecide is we are deciding in advance. We are making some decisions in advance because we understand that the direction of our life is determined by the quality of our decisions. The direction of our lives is determined by the quality of our decisions. We understand that we make our decisions and then our decisions make us, right? We, we get that. The problem is, and if you were here in the first week when we started this, we understand that we are not good at decision making. We're just not really good at it. We, we, we tend to make, like Paul said, I just don't, I don't even understand myself. We're just not good at making decisions. So what we're doing is instead of waiting for a moment where we encounter a situation that we have to figure out how we're going to respond to it, what we're doing is we're making some decisions in advance so that we get to that moment. We're not making an emotional decision. We're making a rational decision. We're making a decision that is based on our values. It's based on some truth. And what we've said is when faced with blank, I have predecided blank. So when I'm faced with this situation, this is what I'm going to do. This is the action that I'm going to take. This is how I'm going to respond. It's a canned response. And it's a powerful tool that can impact your life. And together we've, been make, we've decided to make six decisions together. And, and by the way, we still have these stickers available. Uh, there's, there's some, if you didn't get one of these stickers, it has the six decisions and you want to slap it on a on, on your laptop or someplace that you can see it to remind you of what we've decided. But these are I am statements that we are making about ourselves, and our host team has them right now. If you just throw your hand up, they'll get you one of these stickers. But let's throw that up on the screen. There it is right there. So we've decided I am ready, I am consistent, I am devoted, I am generous, I am faithful, and I am a finisher. Last week we talked about what it looks like to be ready because the enemy is on the move. He is always in battle mode, and we need to be ready for his attack. This week, we're going to talk about being consistent, and I'm super excited about that. But we are deciding today, and one of our pre-decisions that we are making is that we will, with God's help, I am consistent. With God's help, I am consistent. Because we're going to need God's help. Amen, everybody? We're going to need that. Because on our own, we are, at best, inconsistent. But consistency matters because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Yeah? Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. We are what we repeatedly do. It's not that what we do occasionally makes, what we do occasionally will make any difference. It's what we do consistently that makes the difference. So today what I'm going to do is show you in Scripture why consistency matters and how we become consistent in a way that honors God. And we're going to look at that through the life of a guy named Daniel. Man, Daniel is one of those guys that the, the Bible says about him that he so distinguished himself. That this guy was a God-honoring guy and he had qualities about himself, leadership qualities, characteristics about himself that distinguished him from every else, And I'll tell you why that matters. See, Daniel was one of the most consistent people in the Bible. He was consistent morally. He was consistent relationally. He was consistent spiritually. He was a consistent good leader. And around 605 B.C., what happened was Daniel was a Jewish guy living in Jerusalem. And Babylon came along and conquered 
Jerusalem. And what they were doing was they were taking people and exiling them to their country. They were specifically looking for young boys around the age of 12 because they wanted to take them at that age because they were young and impressionable, and they wanted to indoctrinate them with their Babylonian beliefs and their traditions and their language and their culture back at home, and then once they were indoctrinated, they would send them back to their home country carrying their beliefs, their traditions, right? This was the goal. They wanted, they wanted them, and they chose the best and the brightest of those young boys that were around age 12. And Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were one of those ones that, that the king chose to, to exile into Babylon for that reason. And so it's been some time, and Daniel has now been in Babylon for a time. He's distinguished himself. He has risen above, and, uh, and God has shown up over and over again. There's been multiple kings now of this dynasty. And this new king, Darius, Daniel has this great relationship with King Darius. And uh, King Darius uh, notes these qualities within Daniel and continues to elevate him. And, and Daniel's got some, some unique opportunities. He's got some favor, and he's got some power where he's at. But Daniel, underneath Darius's reign, demonstrated some unusual consistency. Uh, in fact, because of that consistency, Daniel got promoted over other leaders that felt like they should have had that job. Anybody ever had that happen to you before? Where somebody else got a job and you're like, man, those guys were not worthy of that job. I should have got that job. Right? Daniel found favor. A moment of favor is worth years of work, guys. And Daniel found favor. These guys were upset about it, okay? These other leaders were sad that Daniel, who was an outsider, who was a Jewish kid, got the job and got the promotion. And so they're trying to undermine Daniel's credibility. So they come along, they, they start digging some dirt on him, right? They, they start checking, checking his old relationships with girlfriends, like give us some dirt on Daniel. They got nothing. They start checking his old social media posts. They got nothing. <laughs> they're trying to find fault in his character so that they can have Daniel canceled. But guess what? Daniel chapter 6, verse 4 says, they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Huh. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Wow. That, that's a great thing to have said about you. That you are faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. They found nothing that they could use against him except one thing. They found one thing to leverage against Daniel, and that was his consistency. And they used that as a weapon. You know, the enemy will try anything and everything he can against you. He'll even try to leverage your consistency to take you out. I mean, I know I do. In fact, the, the, many of you know that, that one of the things that I relish is a good prank. Ask anybody who's ever come into this building alone by themselves. Where am I? Hiding. And you know what's interesting? I'm stealthy for a big guy. It's a true story. I enjoy a good prank. I enjoy a good chuckle at your expense. And what I will do is I am patient. I will watch you. And I will look for the consistency in you. I will look for that which you have automated in your brain because the greatest scares 
come in the moments when you are doing something that you have ought to, you've done a thousand times, and all of a sudden, there's something that jumps out and gets you. And it's me. I worked at an architecture firm. Very professional. My buddy Paul, at 2 p.m. every day, got down into his drawer and pulled out a bowl and took his, his, quick, his, his Quaker instant oats and he made himself a bowl of oatmeal. Every day, 2 p.m., consistent, clockwork. That's where he made a mistake. <laughs> because I decided to take advantage of that little bit of information. And I had this hand. It's just, it's just a hand, and it's connected to an arm. And I just pulled the drawer. He was, gone. He, was, he was gone that morning. And I pulled the drawer open, and I wrapped the hand around the bowl so that when he pulled the drawer out, it was a hand coming like this around the bowl. And we're in this architecture firm. It's wide open like this. You know, there's cubes everywhere, but, I mean, it's wide open. And I was... Looking forward to hearing my buddy Paul scream. Well, I forgot I did that because I got there early that morning to take advantage of that fact. And my boss sent me off on an errand. I wasn't even in the building when it went down. But I had pulled up to the building just as it did. And Paul came storming out that front door. Run us up, run us up, run us up, run us up, run us up. He's just yelling and doing this, pacing back and forth. And then he sees me and he goes, you. <laughs> and suddenly I realized what happened. I went inside. There's architects on the floor rolling everywhere. They were dying. <laughs> the enemy will use your consistency against you, and I just might too someday. <laughs> All right, but back to this. <laughs> They, that's what these guys did. They took advantage of Daniel's consistency because they knew Daniel was going to pray. Daniel prayed three times a day, and he honored God that way. He sought his face three times a day. This was the consistency that Daniel displayed. And so they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to the king. We're going to tell him, king, you're so great. You're the best king ever. Did you get some new shoes? Did you get your hair cut? You look great. Anyway, king, we just wanted to tell you we think you're so awesome. We think that nobody should pray to any other God, that they should only pray to you for the next 30 days. So what are they doing? They're taking, they're taking advantage of the consistency. They know Daniel's going to pray. Mm -hmm. And Darius goes, yeah, that sounds like a great idea to me. And so he, he makes it law for the next 30 days. You can't pray to anybody but me. That sounds cool. And so the law gets decreed. And the, the thing about the laws amongst the Babylonians and the, the, the uh, Persians and the Medes is once it's decreed, decreed, declared, once it was law, I talk for a living, you couldn't undo it. And so the king goes along with it, and Daniel, Daniel, was he scared? Did he quit praying? Did he cower in a corner? No, Daniel was consistent. It says this in verse 4, chapter 6, but, excuse me, verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He's not even hiding it. Everybody can see him. All they had to do was look. And he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done. He's consistent giving thanks to his God. 
And, of course, the leaders saw him. They took him to the king. And the thing they had said about the law was that if anybody prayed to anybody but Darius, they were going to get thrown into the lion's den. And so they, they go to the king. Hey, Daniel's up there praying. You know that guy you just promoted? Yeah. He's up there praying to his God. He's not praying to you right now, so this is kind of awkward, but, you know, the law says got to throw him in the lion's den. So the king was unhappy about it, but, of course, he did it. He upheld the law, and he threw Daniel in the den. But what happened was is that Daniel got into the den, and the next morning Darius went to check on him. And Daniel was there. The, the, the Lord had sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. And so they pulled Daniel out, and, of course, those guys who were assaulting Daniel and trying to get rid of him, he threw them and their families into the lion's den. I'm telling you, it's better than Game of Thrones, your Bible. You should just read it sometime. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's good stuff. But in verse 23, chapter 6, it says, When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he trusted in his God. Let me ask you something. When did Daniel learn to trust God? Because it certainly wasn't in the lion's den. It was every moment that he spent on his knees in his prayer closet talking to God. That's when he learned to trust him. When he showed up consistently three times a day, this is where he developed a relationship with him that he learned to trust him no matter what. So why are some of us inconsistent in our relationship with God? Well, I think it's because some of us, we, we pray only occasionally. We talk to God only when we need something, not when things are going well. Not, not, not when our heart is just full of gratitude. We don't, we don't practice these things. We don't, we don't spend time talking to him consistently. Daniel, Daniel talked to God consistently. Remember, it's not what we do occasionally that makes a difference. It's what we do consistently. And so if we want to be like Daniel, we want to have a quality of consistency in our lives. How do we do that? Well, I'm going to give you three things today. I'm going to give you a game plan for any area of your life that you want to become more consistent in. And it's these three things. I'm going to give them to you up front, and then we're going to explore them. So if you're taking notes, here it is. Start with the why. Start with the why. Second thing we need to do is plan to fail. The third thing we need to do is fall in love with the process. Fall in love with the process. So if you want to go in, grow in your, in your consistency, then we need to pre-decide we are consistent. And we need to start with the why. Why did Daniel pray consistently? Why? And I don't mean like prayer like he stood on the street corners like the Pharisees did. He didn't pray to be seen. That's not why Daniel did that. He had a, a prayer closet or he had a space and a place. No, Daniel prayed consistently because he had, he had a, an inward devotion to God. He loved God. And that love drove him to a place where he fellowshiped with him three times a day. <coughs> That's what, that was Daniel's why. That was why he was consistent. This is also why this, this thing right here, this part, is because our why is off. This is oftentimes the reason why our New Year's resolutions just fail, right? If you think about the, the kind of changes you want to make in your life, okay, I'm going to be consistent, and I'm going to do it when. The reason that, that our New Year's resolutions fail is because of it's a result of desire, not a result of devotion, I want something, but my why is not 
really strong enough. You're missing a compelling why. Like you want to change, but you don't have a clear reason why you should change, right? You, you lack that. You, you, you don't know, know why you need to change that habit. And so what you say is, on January 1st, I'm going to change. I, I'm going to do it right then. But, you'd, but if you really have a why, if you're really experiencing some pain, or if there's really something in your life that you want, you're not going to wait until January 1st to do it, are you? No. No, in fact, if, like if the doctor tells you, hey, uh, here it is, it's the end of not October, and you're going to die if you don't stop smoking cigarettes. You don't go, great. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until January to quit. <laughs> and uh, that'll be January 1st. I'll be all done. You don't do that. You got a really strong why here. I'd like to stay alive. I'd like to not talk to my tube in my throat. Well, I'm just saying, like, there's a really strong why, isn't it? I'm not making fun. Oh, don't, don't, please don't misunderstand me. There's a really strong why there, isn't there? I'd like to not have that happen. There's a strong why. So you're like, I'm very upset right now, and I'm never coming back to this church. I apologize. I really do, if that offends you. But we can grow, at our, if you're going to grow in your consistency, you need to start with why. So, so what area of your life do you want to be more consistent? Do you want to be closer to God? That makes sense. Do you, do you want to have a better marriage? Do you want to experience financial stability? Do you want to kick a bad habit in your life? Well, then you're going to need a strong why. Because your why moves it from desire to devotion. And that's where we need to be. We need a strong why. If you want to be closer to God, but you're you're sick of the devil distracting you, and and you you actually want to have an opportunity where you serve God with your whole heart, that's a good why. That that's a good why. Or if you want a, a better marriage, not just because well she's mean. That's that that's not where you need to be. If you if you want a better marriage because you want to honor your vows, you want to demonstrate to your kids what a godly marriage looks like. You want to leave a legacy. That's a great reason. Why to have a, to long for a better marriage? If you're looking for financial stability, because you don't want to live paycheck to paycheck anymore. Maybe you're looking to break a cycle that has been in your family of poverty for years and years. And you want to, you, you say, you know what? I want to live my life without worry financially so that I can be generous, so that I can give, so that I can be free. Those are good reasons to long for financial stability or, or even quitting that bad habit. Because, again, your grandpa was this way, your dad was this way, you're this way, and now your kid's this way. And you're like, man, I need to break this cycle. I need this generational curse off my life. That's a good, that's a good why. You don't go, hey, I want to lose weight so I can fit in my new simple church flannel and button it. <laughs> without worry that a button's going to fly off of here and pop Grammy Tammy in the face, you know, because it's too tight. That's not a good why. I mean, I love you, and I don't want you hurt, but that is a good why, but I'm just saying it's not. That's a desire. It's not something I'm going to be devoted to, right? <laughs> We're not talking about your willpower. I'm talking about your why power. What kind of why do you have? Why brings devotion? 
And the king says that Daniel couldn't pray. Daniel prayed anyway because he was devoted. And when you predecide to become consistent, you better believe that you're going to have some kind of obstacles that are going to pop up in your way. You're going to meet some resistance. Some days it is going to be hard to be consistent. You're, some days you're going to lack support. Some days you're, gonna, you're just not going to feel like it. You're not going to feel like being consistent. But we aren't giving any space for emotional decision-making, are we? Because when we wait until those moments, man, we're bad decision-makers. We are pre-deciding to be consistent because when you know your why, you'll find a way. When you know your why, you'll find a way. So if you want to be more consistent, define your why. What is your why? It's going to be rallied around things that you value in your life. And remember that when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. Some of you just need to spend some time figuring out, what is it I value? You've never done that kind of work. You've never searched your own heart. Maybe your value has been based upon a relationship that you've been in with somebody else, and those don't really reflect your values. Maybe the values you have don't line up with God's values for your life, and you need to align them there. So we need to do that work to understand, because when our values are clear, our decisions are easier, we can know our why. And Daniel knew his why. He understood he built his faith in that prayer closet, not in the den. So we need to start with our why. The second thing, which seems counterintuitive, is we need to plan to fail. We need to plan to fail. Boy, this just gets some of us right in our little hearts, doesn't it? Because we like 100% on all of our exams. We do. We like 100%. We, we, we do not like failure. We, we just resist it. But Daniel, it, say, it says in the Bible that he prayed three times a day. But do you ever think Daniel missed one of those days? Of course he did. Because he's human. Like, the Bible says he did that. But, of course, he missed some days. Don't over-spiritualize this guy. He was, a, he was a man. He was a human, just like you and I. He was a person. And he missed some days. Could have been because King Darius asked him to work late one evening, and so he missed his evening conversation with God. Or maybe there, you know, the big game was on, and his friends ordered some wings, and you know, it was like, all right, this will be great. He got some indigestion, and he overslept in the morning, and he missed his morning conversation with God. Or maybe one day the neighbor's camel fell in a ditch, and he was out there helping him, and he missed the afternoon session. You know, I, I don't know. <coughs> Daniel had to miss at some point in time. So why are so many of us inconsistent? Why? I think because we have this all or nothing mindset to us. Like, well, if I didn't do it today, I might as well just eat all the food today. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Like we just binge, right? And every time we fall short, we, we feel the weight of that. And we're like, well, I, I couldn't do it today, so I guess I'm just never going to be able to do it. I failed. But we have to keep in mind that failure is not a person. It's just a moment. We are not a failure. We don't have to carry that weight. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. So if I miss today, I'm not going to miss tomorrow. Right? We need to plan to fail because no one is perfect. In fact, being consistent isn't the same as being perfect. Do you know that? It's just not. For example, some of you guys, you read the, your uh, daily Bible reading plan around here. We do the one-year Bible, and it gives you some daily selections, stuff to read. 
And some of you miss a couple days, and the reason that you don't pick it back up and start reading is like, if I were to read today, I've got like five days I've got to catch up on. And I just don't have that time. And every day you make that excuse, and every day it becomes, now I've got six days to read. Now I've got seven days to read. You get further and further away from your goal. If you missed yesterday, just start today's. Don't worry about yesterday's. Yesterday's gone. It's done. It's over. You don't have to make up anything to God. In fact, if you're doing the, the one-year Bible every year, you'll probably read it next year, right? Just, just move on. Don't let that cripple you and keep you from, from, from reading God's word because you weren't perfect yesterday. Give yourself permission to not be perfect. You're going to mess up, and I know that hurts quite a bit of your hearts. But you're going to mess up. You're going to miss a day. Don't miss two. Don't worry about making up yesterday, right? Just keep on going. Because if you don't keep on going, it'll just be overwhelming and you'll want to quit. So don't get into that place. Plan for failure. Because it's coming. It's going to happen. It's part of the process. The problem is, is we all want this illusion of being perfect, don't we? We want this illusion of having it all together. But that illusion that we desire keeps some of us from even getting started because we're not sure we're going to be any good at it. I'm that way. I don't want to do anything I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to be good at. I'm like, ah, if I can't do it, perfect. If I can't get an A-plus on it my first attempt, uh, no thanks. Where does that come from? That's a crazy high standard, isn't it? That's a crippling standard. We need to plan to fail because listen to me, everybody. God's grace is greater right? God's grace is greater. And the Bible says that, especially if we're talking about, hey, we, we failed and maybe we even sinned, that if we confess our sins to him, when we're not faithful, when we're not consistent, he is. Uh-huh. says that he's faithful to forgive us. That's what, who he is. He's faithful to forgive us. So all we've got to do when we fail, because we will, is ask for God's help and get up and try it again. Do it again. The Bible says God's mercies are new every morning for us. In fact, he has a plan for us to fail, and it's found in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's done. The way's already been made. Grace is already given. Just get up and let's go again. And if God, a holy, righteous, consuming fire, has a plan for our failures by his grace in Christ Jesus, then we can have grace on ourselves too. So when you're inconsistent and you're eating the wrong thing, let's not keep eating the wrong thing, right? When you're inconsistent and you're oversleep and you miss your workout, let's not let that pattern repeat tomorrow. Let's not beat ourselves up over it. When you're inconsistent and you're, you're finance, you've got a financial plan, you wind up buying something that you shouldn't buy, <clears throat> don't beat yourself up today. Maybe there's a, there's a pattern shift. Go listen to last week's message and that'll help you too. Or if you see something, you shouldn't. Listen, you're not going to be perfect. And I keep saying that over and over to you because you need to embrace it. You're not going to be perfect. Don't confuse being consistent with being perfect. So what are we going to do? We're going to start with why. We're going to plan to fail. We're going to fall in love. This is the third one. Fall in love with the process. Fall in love with the process. You know, Daniel wasn't consistent in prayer because he was trying to get promoted. That's, that's not what he was after. 
He wasn't after a relationship with God because he was seeking his hand. Daniel was constantly seeking God's face. He was seeking relationship with him. Daniel was just consistently doing what mattered to him and what honored God. That was what was most important to him. And the mistake that most of us make is we obsess about the end game. We obsess about the goal. We obsess about getting married. We obsess about paying off the credit cards. We obsess about reading the whole Bible and making sure we are perfect about it. And when we're inconsistent and we fail, we feel like we didn't succeed until we hit our goal. But the goal is not the purpose. Goals, the goals can be elusive. And we'll be defeated unless we learn to fall in love with the process. <coughs> that process is identifying the why. That process is failing. But it's picking ourselves back up again. It's, it's, failure is only a big problem if you don't learn from your failures. If you don't learn from your mistakes. In fact, if you keep on making those same mistakes over and over again, those aren't mistakes anymore. Those are choices. Those are choices you're making. We have to learn to fall in love with the process. Because while it might be a little bit of a tribulation, we can celebrate that God's at work within us. <coughs> that the difficulties we endure, in James chapter 1, it says that, thank you, that all the stuff we're going through is God just working in us. We're growing because we're looking for progress, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. See, success isn't when you achieve a goal in the future. You're successful when you honor God today. Consistency is facing failure, getting back up, doing the work, and honoring God. And that's why we're pre-deciding. We're pre-deciding, with God's help, I am consistent. With God's help, I am consistent because where I am weak, he is strong. We can pre-decide that with God's help, we're gonna, we're gonna be able to fast this week or we're, not gonna, be, we're gonna be able to, to, you know, if we've got a commitment to, to not eat certain things or not drink certain things, we're gonna be able to do that. We've got a commitment. I'm, I'm gonna do something healthy for myself and I'm gonna go walk three times a week. With God's help, I am consistent. Or I'm going to save an extra amount of money every month. Or I'm going to commit an extra amount of money towards my mountain of debt every month. With God's help, I am consistent. Or I'm going to read God's word. I'm going to try to do it every day. But if I miss, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to get on a horse tomorrow. With God's help, I am consistent. So what are we going to do? We're going to pre-decide. Because our decisions are not going to be based on the emotions of the moment, are they? We're going to decide in advance that we're going to be people that God is calling us to be. We're going to make sure our values are clear to us. makes our decisions easier. We're going to start with why. We're going to plan to fail and we're going to fall in love with this process because this process is doing something in us. It's for our good and for God's glory. Remember, you're not successful when you achieve your future goal. You're successful when you honor God today. So let's be people that are consistent. Amen, everybody? Let's pray. This moment of prayer is for you. I want you to ask God, where are you calling me to be consistent? 
And whatever he speaks to your heart, write it down. Share it with a spouse or share it with a loved one. Somebody. Where are you calling me to be consistent? You calling me to be consistent in coming to church or getting involved or you calling me to be consistent in growth in my generosity or you calling me to be consistent in reading my Bible or calling me to consistently love my spouse or just ask and he'll answer. I want to ask you to, to allow his answer to begin to define your values. Let them become your why. As you embrace that, understand you're going to fail. Just accept that now. And accept God's grace for you in all of that. And then learn to fall in love with the process. But you're not going to do it perfectly. And since you know that, you can go ahead and get started. You can celebrate progress and not perfection. There's only one that was perfect, and that was Jesus. So, Father, today I'm praying that whatever you're speaking to our hearts right now in this moment, that with your help, we can be consistent. In whatever way you're speaking to us, Lord. Each of us knows what that is. And as you lead, we'll follow. Pray that you give us all we need in order to do that. Now, as we continue to pray in this moment, I just want to speak to those of you that are here in this room today that maybe, maybe you find yourself in a place where you've consistently been far from God. You've never been in a relationship with Jesus before. Or maybe there are those of you in this room that you've been inconsistent in your relationship with God. You've been up and down. You come to church for a season and then you walk away and you have a relationship with God and then you kind of let it fizzle. And maybe the reasons are because of your imperfect walk. You've let it discourage you. You've let it keep you far from God. But I'm here to tell you today that God loves you. He's not angry with you. He's not disappointed in you. The greatest part of his day is giving you a redo. And he provided that redo. He provided that forgiveness. He provided that grace through his son Jesus when he died on the cross. Jesus laid down his perfect and sinless life in exchange for the penalty that you and I had to pay because of our sins. And today, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to clean yourself up before you come to Jesus. You simply need to come as you are and experience the grace that he has for you. Experience the peace he has for you today. This can be your moment. The entire trajectory of your life can change as you experience God's consistent love for you. So I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. And if you're ready to be in a relationship with God by accepting what Jesus did on the cross for you, by placing your faith in him, saying, Jesus, I'm going to trust you today. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do it imperfectly, but I'm, I'm kind of prepped for that. That's the way it's going to go. Then I'll trust your grace and I'll trust you moment by moment as you lead me. If you're ready to, to have your sins forgiven, to experience a full and fulfilled life here on this earth, as well as eternity in heaven with our Heavenly Father, 
That's what comes with accepting Jesus. I'm gonna pray a prayer. If you'd like to be included on that prayer, would you just slip your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me today. This is my moment and I'm gonna seize it. I'm gonna say yes to Jesus. Thank you. Yep, yep, I see your hands. Thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down now. For those of you that are making that commitment today, I'm so proud of you. I know it's not easy in a crowd of your peers to say, hey, I'm saying yes today. I know it probably feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders right now, but just let Jesus handle that burden for you as we all pray together. Everybody praying out loud, say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and show me how to live for you. And by your help and your grace, I will consistently follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So proud of you that said yes to Jesus today. Come on, Simple Church, let's celebrate with those who made that commitment today. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today and hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again and we'll see you at next week's episode.